So our suffering seasons us. But those things make us useful, God says, because ultimately they produce confidence in us. Welcome to the Bethany Lutheran Sermon Podcast for the week of February 28th, 2021. This is the second Sunday in Lent, and today, Pastor Mark Siegert shares a Lenten message entitled, The Seasoned Christian. The key verses for Pastor Mark's message are in the show notes. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer every person. Those words are from Paul's letter to the Colossians, and they remind us that we are to be seasoned so that we can be useful in God's kingdom, giving an answer to people. And Jesus, I think, had some similar words for us in his Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the salt of the earth. And he says that to remind us that he wants us to be useful in his kingdom. He doesn't say, become salt. He says, you are salt, and that makes you useful in his kingdom. Seasoned with salt so that we can be useful. And yes, our epistle lesson from Romans this morning, well, it didn't use the word seasoned or the word salt, but it does speak to us about a kind of seasoning that happens to us when we experience suffering. And I know we would really rather not talk about our sufferings. In fact, we would really rather not experience sufferings at all. We go out of our way to sort of keep sufferings out of our lives. But that passage that we read in Romans, it tells us that we should actually brag about our sufferings because they season us in a manner of speaking and they make us useful in God's kingdom. So it'll be good for us to to think for a little bit about how our suffering makes us useful, how it works together for our good, and how it works together for the good of our neighbors. But before we get into all of that, let's take a look again at the suffering of Jesus, how that also works together for our good, and how it works together for the good of our neighbors. Brothers and sisters, grace, peace, and mercy to you in the name of Jesus, because without his suffering... Our suffering is indeed useless. So the reading from Romans began this way. Now that we have God's approval by faith, we have peace with God because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done. And through Christ, we can approach God and even stand in his favor. I don't know if you caught that or not, but I think the most important word in that phrase is now. Now we have peace with God. Now we can approach God and stand in his favor. This isn't some pennies from heaven sort of wish. We have it here now. And we have it because of what Jesus Christ did then. Now, if you're a believer, you're familiar with with what he did. Uh, Some people in that time had some contempt for Jesus. I suppose contempt is maybe too light of a word But nonetheless, Jesus was challenging the world order and and sort of shaking things up in society, and so a bunch of people in power had him hung on a cross. And before that, Jesus was whipped and beaten within inches of his life. Eventually, though, he died from all of that. Scientists think that he probably lingered on the cross for hours before he finally died from a, a combination of blood loss and asphyxiation. That's horrible suffering beyond our imagination. But of course, if if that's really where the story of Jesus ended with his death, 
well, we wouldn't be hearing this message today. We wouldn't be here at all. You see, as it turns out, the, the government, if you, deal, if you will, the military of Jesus' day, they used the cross to kill thousands, perhaps tens or hundreds of thousands of people. It was kind of ordinary, unfortunately, for people to die that way. But we don't hear about all of those stories, do we? You see, Jesus was, of course, raised from the dead, and, and it's that part of the story that really brings us here today. And what a story that is, isn't it? It's the story of what he has done, his unimaginable suffering and his beautiful resurrection. And Paul reminds us that through all of that and through our faith in all of that, we are now assured that we have peace with God and that we can stand confidently in God's favor. Now, I know that most, if not all of you who are listening today, you've all heard that story, right? But seriously, it never hurts to hear it again. And in fact, it's why God gathers us together to nurture us and to refresh us with that good news. And if you've heard that story before, you probably also realize that, well, there's another layer to that story. We have this peace with God now, but we are also assured that we'll have this peace all the way into eternity, beyond the end of our lives on this earth, into eternity. And God makes that promise to us about our future. What a profound promise it is. But again, I think God has called us together today because he wants to comfort us and nurture us with that very promise. And in times like these, where our, our daily situations, the, the right now of our lives, at least outside of the church, it all seems to have come undone in the last little bit. And even our future seems to be a lot less certain than we would like it to be. Well, that's why it's actually good to come here today and hear about this promising comfort that we have. Think about the promise that God made in our Old Testament lesson that we read just a little bit ago. God called out to Abram, and he said, Abram, basically I have two things I want to say. Number one, I'm your God, and you should live in my presence with integrity. You, should, you, you need to be blameless before me, Abram. And number two, I'm going to make you this promise. I know, Abram, you're old, probably past childbearing age, but I'm going to make you, Abram, I'm going to make you a father of a multitude of nations. You will have many offspring, countless offspring, and I'm going to change your name to Abraham. And your wife, she's also past childbearing age, right? But I will make her a mother of many nations. The two of you together will have many offspring. I promise to be your God, Abraham. I promise to be her God, and I promise to be the God of all of your offspring. I am God, and I promise to do all of this. Now, if we keep reading in Genesis, in fact, just the next couple of sentences in Genesis, we learn that Abraham laughed at God because of this rather outlandish promise. And eventually, he and his wife, thinking that God maybe needed some help with that promise or, or couldn't quite keep that promise, they came up with their own plan. They took matters into their own hands. Long story short, they tried to make God's promise a reality according to their plan, according to their timing, and you know how that went. It, it didn't go very well at all. So what we notice there is that Abraham and Sarah did not live blamelessly or, or with that kind of integrity according to God's command. But we also notice something else. 
God did keep his promise to Abraham and Sarah. Even though Abraham and Sarah didn't hold up their end of the deal, Abraham and Sarah's offspring indeed became too numerous to count. And in fact, if you think about it, all those thousands of years later, here there are still some descendants of Abraham living on this planet. This pattern in the Old Testament is repeated several times. God insists that people live a blameless life, and he makes some wonderful and exceedingly great promises, and then the people don't or can't or won't live according to God's promise or God's command. But God keeps his promise anyway, doesn't he? What do we learn from that? God keeps his promises, even if they are exceedingly great and wonderful beyond our imagination and beyond anything that we really deserve. So when God promises us that we have peace with him right now because of the faith we have in what Jesus has done, and when he promises us that we will have that peace with him into eternity, we can be confident that he's he's keeping those exceedingly great and wonderful promises and we can praise him, and we can brag to the world about that. This is our God. Let me tell you about something that I heard on the radio station last weekend. I was listening to a radio show on KJAZZ. That's a radio station that uh, features jazz, interestingly enough, but it's broadcast here in Long Beach. And on the weekends, there's a, a radio host named Gordon Goodwin. And uh, last weekend, Mr. Goodwin was in his show. He was, he was remembering the great jazz musician named Chick Corea. You see, Chick had died rather unexpectedly earlier in February. And if you're not familiar with Chick, well, he was a legend in the jazz world, and that's probably understating it. He was a very, very talented player, composer of all different kinds of music. He was a band leader and apparently a, re- a trusted and respected mentor to many other musicians. So the host of this show, Mr. Goodwin, and and actually many others, shared some of their fondest memories of Chick. And it was a nice and really well-deserved tribute. But at one point, Mr. Goodwin said this, if Chick Corea's music can stop, then it reminds us that nothing is permanent. You see, on the one hand, Mr. Goodwin was right about that. Nothing in this world will last forever. Not a great artist like Chick Corea, not a great treasure that we might accumulate, not political rulers and leaders, whether they're good or bad, they're all temporary. Even this pandemic is temporary, and even our lives itself are temporary. We, we know that. Mr. Goodwin knows that. But it also helps us, when we think about that, to put these sufferings into some perspective. As we've noticed, God's promises are really great, and they aren't temporary. They are permanent. They last forever. And we know that we we can't hold off all of the suffering that is going to happen in this world. No matter how hard we try, suffering comes our way. Sometimes we cause it. Sometimes it just seems to come to us. But we know that those sufferings are temporary. So when the Bible says that we can brag or rejoice even in our sufferings, we can start to understand how that can be done. Let me see if I can illustrate that. I brought along today one of my favorite frying pans from my kitchen at home. This frying pan, well, it's, it's made out of carbon steel. That means that when I bought it, it didn't have a nice Teflon coat in it. Or it wasn't a nonstick surface. And so before I used it, I had to season it. And to season this pan, I had to expose it to to high heat, if you think about it. 
and I had to put just a little bit of cooking oil in it, and then I had to continue to expose it to heat until the oil started to smoke and almost burn. And I needed to repeat that process a few times before the pan was seasoned, but the more I do that, the more useful this pan becomes. And now, even every time I use this pan a little bit more, it gets a little bit more seasoned, and it gets even a little bit more useful. If you cook with this kind of pan, you're used to that process, but if you stop and think about it, it's kind of odd, I think. The application of high heat without food and some burnt oil, that doesn't ruin the pan. It makes it more useful. And that's kind of what the Bible is saying about our sufferings. Listen again to these words from Romans chapter 5. Paul had said, look, we brag about the blessings that we have in God's promises, but then he goes on. We also brag when we are suffering, he says, because we know that suffering creates endurance, endurance character, and character creates confidence. So our suffering seasons us. And that seems a little bit odd because we'd rather avoid sufferings. But those things make us useful, God says, because ultimately they produce confidence in us, confidence that allows us to brag about our sufferings and about our God. Now, I know these last 12 months have brought all kinds of sufferings into our lives, right? We've been asked to do all kinds of things that we don't want to do, and we've been asked to not do some things that we would rather do, and we're not even sure if any of this is necessary or working. And along the way, our confidence in some of the things of this world has been shaken. If we had a sense of confidence that our wealth might see us through some troubled times, we're not so sure about that anymore. If we had some sense of confidence in our government's ability to keep us safe, well, maybe we've lost some of that confidence too. There, there may be some ability to do that, but it's not as sure, maybe, as we thought it was. Or maybe we even had some confidence in our own ability to stay healthy, and now we realize that even that is fleeting. Sure, it's good to live and eat a healthy lifestyle, but it's all fleeting, and we've been reminded of that over the last several months. And as we've suffered through all of this, maybe we've had a few moments like Mr. Goodwin had. If my job can be gone, nothing is permanent. If a beloved friend or family member can be gone, nothing is permanent. And if some of my cherished freedoms things that I thought I had and would never lose, if those can be gone, well, then nothing is permanent. But those are moments of suffering. Those are moments when something that we cherished was yanked from our lives, and we may never able, be able to get it back. But in those moments, we notice that the promises of God, they're still here. We still now have peace with God, and that's comforting we still now stand in God's favor, despite that we know we haven't always walked blamelessly, and we still have the assurance and the confidence that we will live with that God forever. So brothers and sisters in Christ, when we have those moments, when we experience our suffering, maybe that means that we're just being seasoned 
in order to be useful in God's kingdom. So I encourage you, go with confidence into the world, brag about your God, and let that God use you in service to your neighbor. After all, one more time, the things that Jesus has done for us and the promises that God has given us, they last forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found at www.bethanylutheran.org. If you'd like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 562-210-0463. Join us next week as Pastor Kevin Kreitzer shares a message with us.